how do you understand yourself to be a child of God? Do you understand yourself to be a child of God? I suspect that some of us say that we are because we always have been told that we were. And I suspect that there are others who know it in their bones because there was some occasion, some event, some crisis or tragedy or opportunity when everything crystallized and all of a sudden it became clearer than clear whose we really were. It's like the hymn we just sang, Amazing Grace. Some of us sing along without thinking much about it. Some of us love it because it reminds us of certain occasions in our lives when we have sung it, or it reminds us of certain people with whom we have sung it. And then there are those of us who sing it with a little extra clarity because we are convinced beyond a doubt that it is grace that has brought us safe thus far and grace that will lead us home. Well, that's how it was for John Newton, the man who wrote the hymn. Newton had it all. He was a slave trader. He was independent, wealthy. He had no misgivings about getting rich quite literally off the backs of others. But much like Jonah, it took a thunderstorm on rocky seas to bring him to his knees and ask God's protection. And as God is wont to do, God gave him far more than he asked for. In the end, he was saved from a storm, but God saved him from far more than that. Not only did he leave the slave trade and become an abolitionist himself, he went on to write what is probably our most beloved hymn. It took a flash of lightning, but Newton came to understand himself as a child of God. The older I get, the more I am convinced that we only come to see ourselves as children of God as we begin to make sense of our lives through God's eyes and notice where it is that God has been at work in our lives. Unfortunately, these days we seem like we live in a time of me, 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 me. When the emphasis gets put on my experience, my story, my needs, my anything, my everything, my, my, my. But the good news is that searching for God's movement of, in our lives is cut out of entirely different cloth. Rather than navel-gazing to understand who I am for my own self-centered purposes, Understanding ourselves as children of God is the story of our being led to discover who we are in light of God's goodness and God's good intentions for us. To put it another way, if our lives were a sentence, we would not be the subject of it. God would be the subject, and we would be the object. My life is not about my choosing and my fulfilling my own destiny. My life is about God calling me and using me. That was how it was for the Apostle Paul when we met up with him in our reading this morning. I suspect that in your life and mine, it has been far less about how each of us struck out on our own, remember this, seniors, and created our own destiny 
and far more about how God's grace is the golden thread that's woven together through our highs and lows, holding us together, whether we knew it at the time or not. We come to see ourselves as children of God as we begin to make sense of our lives and notice how it is that God has been at work in them. And once we begin to make sense of our lives as we see them through the eyes of God, then everything else in our life as we once knew it is up for grabs. It's like we wake up from a weird dream and wonder how we got here. Those things that we used to want, the ways that we used to behave, those things which at one time were important to us, somehow all of a sudden we don't need them anymore. It's not that the things that we were saying and doing and wanting and buying were bad things. We just don't need them anymore. It's kind of like training wheels for a bike. They serve a purpose for a while. They provide us balance and stability while you're learning to ride a bike. But once you have figured it out and you're riding that bike down the driveway for the first time by yourself, it's time for the training wheels to come off. It's not that training wheels are bad things. Just don't need to hold on to them any longer. They've outlived their purpose. Once we begin to make sense of our lives as we see them through the eyes of God, suddenly there will be any number of things in our lives that have, will have outlived their purpose. And if we don't count them entirely as garbage or rubbish, as our reading read this morning, then at the very least, It'll be time for a garage sale. <laughs> that is how God has tended to work in my life. Few of you know that before I went to seminary, I worked in advertising in and around Dallas. I was pretty good at it. I worked starting out for the Dallas Times-Herald, and I ended up working for an advertising agency which specialized in recruitment. I was the account executive for some companies whose names you would recognize, working for them to come up with a campaign that would provide them with a great pool of folks to hire. But over a period of two or three years, God and I wrestled to the mat about what it was that I was supposed to do. And finally, sparing you all the details, I made the decision to go to seminary. People thought I was crazy. I had to give up my cool apartment and move back in with my mom for a few months. I gave up that cushy job in the expense account and took a part-time job where I had to ride the bus. So one day, about six weeks later, my phone rang. It was Bill Carrera. Bill was my favorite boss from the advertising world. He called me to say that he was going out on his own to open a new agency, and he wanted me to work with him. He offered me more money than I had ever made, a company car, and a chance to work with a guy that I admired and trusted. It took every ounce of will that I had, but I told him that I could not because I had decided to change careers and go into the ministry. Things got a little quiet on his end. <laughs> if he called me six weeks earlier, I said, I would have jumped at the chance but my plans for seminary were already in motion, and so I would have to say no. I got off the phone, and I cried for about an hour. 
And a couple of weeks later, I got the news that Bill had moved ahead with opening his new office, and he had hired my nemesis. <laughs> Talk about adding insult to injury. I had to give up what at the time sounded like a dream job, and then she got it. But even so, did I make the right decision? Fortunately, once again, God had saved me from myself. The cushy job and the company car weren't bad things. I just had outgrown them. But when I began to see the way that God was at work in my life, not when I found myself, but when God had found me, that's when I realized that somehow those other things had outlived their purpose. I just didn't need to hold on to them anymore. So what's your story? You've heard mine and the Apostle Paul's this morning. What's yours? How do you see yourself as a child of God? Can you look back through your life and see yourself not as the subject but as the object of God's action? Where is it that God is calling you and what is it that you need to leave behind? How is God's grace at work in your life? Where is it that God is leading you? My friend Amy Cloninger was a little girl at Mo Ranch with her family one summer, and she wanted more than anything to prove that she could swim the length of that beautiful pool so that they would let her go down the big slide in the Guadalupe River. But Amy had to wear glasses because she was blind as a bat without them, like somebody else I know. She got into that beautiful pool right next door to Banner House, but she kept swimming in circles because without them, she wasn't able to get her bearings and swim the length of the pool. Her father noticed that she was struggling, and so he came up with the idea of walking alongside Amy on the edge of the pool to give her a landmark. So while she could hardly see her hand in front of her face, she could make out her father. Maybe it was just the security of having him there as much as it was having that beacon to follow. But when Amy began to stop struggling on her own and let herself be guided by her father, it wasn't long before she was going down that big slide into the river. Sometimes, friends, I think we are swimming in circles too, aren't we? Even with our glasses, sometimes we don't know which way is up. But instead of admitting to that, we still try to find our way all by ourselves and end up getting nowhere. It is as we begin to understand ourselves as children of a loving God that we ultimately see that God is right there. Sometimes walking beside us to give us strength whether we think we need it or not, and sometimes a little ahead of us when we can't figure out which way to go. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Amen. <laughs>